Welcome to the sermon podcast for First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Please visit us at FCCWarsaw.com to learn more about our church or to make plans to be with us on a Sunday morning. Again, that's FCCWarsaw.com. It's obvious when just glancing through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount that Jesus is deeply interested in how people are treated. I mean, again and again, he comes back to this notion of our interactions with others. And his message in the Sermon on the Mount is about the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is here, he says, meaning up there has come down here so that the way in which kingdom people relate to each other down here ought to look like the way people relate to each other up there. And since people are made in the image of God, it stands to reason that when people are mistreated, it's an offense to God. And when people are respected, valued, and cherished, God is greatly honored. So today, in our journey through the Sermon on the Mount, we come to Jesus's mic drop of all mic drops, where he really just sums it all up. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, he says, So in everything, do to others what you'd have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Now this statement of Jesus is commonly referred to as the golden rule. Perhaps it became known as the golden rule when the Roman emperor Alexander Severus adopted this as his motto and he actually wrote it on his wall in gold. Or maybe it became famous to call it this when the preacher John Wesley in a sermon in 1750 actually called this verse the golden rule. Though it's simple to understand, the rule is honestly not without its critics. One comedian pointed this out. He said, the golden rule says, do to others what you would want them to do to you. And he said, the problem is, I don't have yachts, millions of dollars, and private beaches to hand out to others. It's funny, but it entirely misses the point. Or consider this old story that's sometimes used to poke holes into the legitimacy of the golden rule. The story goes that there was once a a monkey and a fish. The monkey followed the golden rule, always trying to treat others as he wanted to be treated. But one day, a big flood came. And as the threatening waters rose higher and higher, the monkey climbed up into a tree. And then he looked down and he saw that there was a fish struggling in the water. So he reached down and he grabbed the fish from the water and he placed the fish up on a high branch where he thought the fish would be safe. But of course, the fish died. So in obeying the golden rule, he did something that brought harm to someone else. So some people wonder, did Jesus give us a faulty rule here? Well, no way. When properly applied, it means that I'll take the initiative to do something good for another person. I'll take the initiative myself to do something good for another person. And if this is going to happen, we'll need to embrace the golden rule in a handful of ways. Number one, if we're going to do this, we'd have to view the rule positively. It says, do to others what you would have them do to you. Now, in some other religions in the world, this rule is stated negatively. Most notably is a story that took place in 20 B.C., 
that is around 50 years prior to Jesus giving the Sermon on the Mount. The tale is told of a, of a Gentile or a non-Jewish person who approached the Jewish rabbi Hillel, very famous rabbi at that time, and also approached his rival teacher of wisdom. And the Gentile promised that to each of them that he would convert to Judaism if one of them could teach him the entire Jewish law while standing on one foot. So Rabbi Hillel stood on one foot and he said this, whatever you do not want somebody else to do to you, do not do to them. This, he said, is the whole law. The rest is just explanation. Now, that incident would have been absolutely legendary by the time of Jesus. Like I said, it was about 50 years prior to Jesus giving the Sermon on the Mount. Every Jew would have heard this story, and every one of them had probably even repeated it a handful of times. So Jesus takes what to them would have been a very familiar statement, and he turns it around so that it's no longer stated negatively, but positively. Now, I was trying to think of something said maybe in our culture around 50 years ago that's become legendary. And I thought of one here, maybe because I showed you a picture last Sunday of John F. Kennedy and his little son climbing under the Resolute desk in the Oval Office. But anyway, I, what came to mind as a statement was actually something that was said 60 years ago from now, something John F. Kennedy said in his inaugural, inaugural address, 1961, again, 60 years ago, but very famous in our culture. You can probably already think of the statement I'm going to tell you, where he said, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Now, what if somebody today said this, ask not what you can do for your country, ask what your country can do for you. Big difference, right? And you can easily see the impact of what the person is saying because it's different. It's the opposite of what you've typically heard. Now, the sarcastic among us might say that that altered expression sounds a lot more like the refrain of today. We're not here to debate that. We're just using this as an example, okay? So there's a big difference between ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country, versus ask not what you can do for your country, ask what your country can do for you. So think of what Jesus is saying to this crowd on the mountain. There's a big difference, big difference between do not do to others what you don't want done to you versus do to others what you would have them do to you. And this difference his hearers absolutely would not have missed. If you don't see the difference yet, let me give you an example here. Let's say somebody has been in a coma their entire life. They were born comatose and they lived their whole life in that condition. I don't know if that's possible medically, but for a moment, let's just pretend this is the case. And at that person's funeral, somebody could get up and say this. What a great man. He never stole, he never lied, he never lusted, he never once lashed out in anger. And all of that would be absolutely true. But then after that person speaks, another person gets up to share and says, sure, that's all true, but on the other hand, he never once gave sacrificially to another person. He never complimented anyone, he never offered a shoulder to cry on, the guy never even once said thank you. And all of that would be absolutely true as well. So a person in a coma, though, 
has a pretty good excuse for inactivity. We, on the other hand, have no excuse, zero excuse. Do not do to others what you don't want done to you. That can be observed by anybody because there is no initiative needed whatsoever. That kind of rule can be observed perfectly just by sitting and vegging out. And by the way, that kind of rule lacks the fortitude that will change the world. But stated positively, do to others what you would have them do to you. Oh, this requires a pulse. A pulse. This requires conscious and concentrated effort. This kind of stuff gets us out of bed and, and, and fulfills part of what it means to live in a countercultural, revolutionary, Jesus kind of way. Margaret Sangster captures the difference between the, the positive and the negative treatments of the golden rule in a poem that she wrote called The Sin of Omission. I want to read to you how that poem goes. It's not the thing you do, dear. It's the thing you leave undone that gives you a bit of heartache at the setting of the sun. The tender word forgotten, the letter you didn't write, the flowers you did not send, dear, are your haunting ghosts at night. The stone you might have lifted out of a brother's way, the bit of heartsome counsel you were hurried too much to say. The loving touch of a hand, dear, the gentle winning tone which you had no time nor thought for with troubles enough of your own. If our rule is don't do to others what we would hate to have done for us, we neglect doing for others what they would love. So Jesus says look beyond the, the negative form of the rule. There's no glory in observing that alone. So be positive in your approach to righteousness and godliness. Do to others, positively, do to others what you'd want done. There's a second way to embrace the golden rule if we're going to take the initiative to do good in a world-changing way. And secondly, that would mean we'd have to understand the rule comprehensively. Jesus said this rule sums up the law and the prophets. What do you mean by that? This rule sums up the law and the prophets. Well, the Sermon on the Mount actually shows us the answer in something Jesus said previously. In chapter 5, verse 17 here of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus said, Do not think that I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And if you look sometime into Matthew chapter 5, we already went through this in our previous exploration of that chapter of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about how the Old Testament law was not being accurately observed by people who thought they were the most religious. So he just goes through a litany, almost a summary, if you will, of what the Old Testament law and the Old Testament prophets had to say. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21, don't murder, stated negatively. The fulfillment of that law, Jesus turns it around in the next few verses. Do be reconciled with the person who's at odds with you. He goes on to say, don't commit adultery. Again, stated negatively, Jesus says, I'm not abolishing that law, but you're not fulfilling it when you lust. So Jesus says the fulfillment of that is do. Do love other people as brothers and sisters instead of objects to be lusted after. He goes on to say, you've heard it was said, don't divorce without a certificate. Again, stated negatively, but Jesus says, do what you'd want done to you. In other words, be 
faithful to your spouse. Every spouse would want that. Matthew chapter 5, verse 33, don't break your oath. Jesus says, here's something better. Do be a person of your word. Chapter 5, verse 38, don't leave retribution undone. Eye for eye and tooth for tooth was the old way. Jesus says, do instead be a forgiving and loving person. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, some would say, don't show love for an enemy. Jesus says, do, do be perfect in the way your heavenly father is perfect. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Do treat them the way you yourself would want to be treated. So when Jesus says this sums up the totality of the teaching of the law and the prophets in the Old Testament, he's telling us that the person who consistently lives according to the golden rule is keeping all the regulations of Scripture in their conduct toward other people. It's sort of like the cliff note statement on the cliff notes of the Old Testament with one statement, one maxim, one rule, one understood comprehensively and allows us to keep all the rules in the law concerning about how other people should be treated. And it enables us to totally and holistically fulfill God's requirements for relationships as kingdom people just in, in one sentence. Do to others what you'd have them do to you. This sums up in totality the teaching of the law and the prophets. So to embrace the truth of the golden rule, one, one last thing here, it means we'd also need to follow the rule daily. Jesus said to do this in everything. In everything, he says, do to others what you'd have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. This principle then needs to guide our day-to-day, -day, our, our moment-by-moment -moment treatment of others. Living the golden rule prevents the need for laying down an endless list of little rules and regulations to govern conduct in any and every little situation. Just simply think what the person would like, then do it. How often do we hear the question, how'd your day go? Like maybe even if we live in a family situation, we come home from work, we come home from school, and the question is given to us, how'd your day go? And often we think of the answer to that in terms of how did people treat me? How did my day go? How did people treat me? The golden rule instead has us think, how did my day go? How did I treat people? The golden rule is something when we apply it, it makes me an agent, an agent for good rather than a victim in the world. And according to Jesus, it's all about imagination. If I'm going to apply it, Oh, I'd have to search my heart. How do I want to be treated? And it, it forces me to get out of myself because I then imagine if I were you, how would I want to be treated? Jesus invites us to use our imaginations and to be creative. Back to the story here for a moment about the monkey and the fish. If the monkey were to simply have thought to himself before grabbing the fish and putting it up on a branch, if the monkey had thought to himself, if I were a fish, how would I want to be treated? He would have been more deeply engaged in actual golden rule living. Now, Jesus knows that with him living in us, we absolutely can change the world. Do to others what you'd have them do to you. Thinking, if I were that person, how would I want to be treated? Don't wait for them to do something for you, Jesus says. Take, take the initiative. Do. Boy, it, it, do I want to be forgiven? Absolutely, I want to be forgiven. So Jesus says, 
forgive. Do to others as you want done to you. Boy, I, I appreciate affirmation. Then if that's true, affirm other people. I'm always thankful when people are tactful towards me. Yeah, be, be tactful in turn to them. I sure enjoy nice compliments. If that's true, compliment others. Do to others as you would have them do to you. In thinking through like what it would look like to apply this on a daily basis, I actually took a day this week and carved it out to be like a day of golden rule living. Thursday is my day off, so I just kind of in, in my mind when I got out of bed that day, proclaimed that it was going to be golden rule Thursday. I was going to try to look at every one of my interactions on Thursday and do to others as I would have them do to me. So it started out like this. Here's how Golden Rule Thursday starts out. I, I knew that our garbage disposal in our kitchen, under our kitchen sink, has been leaking for a while. And Kim even put a bowl under the cabinet to uh, catch the water so that the cabinet itself would not get wet or ruined. But that water in the bowl sometimes, you know, it'd stink and it'd make the, the cabinet area smell kind of funky. And rather consistently, for a while now, Kim has asked me to do something about it. I, w- I won't say like exactly how long she's asked me, but let's just say it would fall into the category of, well, months rather than weeks. So I got up on Thursday and I thought to myself, all right, it's golden rule Thursday. If I were Kim, would I rather keep dropping hints for another few months that I'd like to have my leaky garbage disposal fixed, or would I prefer that my lazy husband actually got the hint and did something about it? So I figured it would be the latter, and hey, it was Golden Rule Thursday, so I got up with the intention, I'm just going to get that project done. Well, after I'm thinking that, the kids, Faith and Jordan, they're getting ready to leave for school, and again, it's Golden Rule Thursday, and I thought to myself, if I were them, would I like to have a dad who asked what I could be praying for them about during the day. And I figured, yeah, they probably would enjoy that. So I I asked them, hey, what can I pray for you about today? They told me, and I prayed for those things as they were heading out the door. I went to Lowe's a little bit after that to purchase a brand new garbage disposal and some supplies. And there's a really nice guy at Lowe's named Don that helped me out. And then he asked me if I'd give him some feedback and go to the little survey for Lowe's online and fill it out. And when I got to the portion about him, give him all tens. And I don't often do that when I shop somewhere to go to the little thing at the bottom and leave the survey. But again, it was Golden Rule Thursday. And I thought, hey, if I was working at Lowe's, I'd sure appreciate some customer feedback of all tens. So, so I did that. And back at home, I walked downstairs to get my toolbox out of my workroom area, and our rabbit Buster, he lives downstairs in our family room, and he has this little ball that he likes to push around the family room, but he especially enjoys it when we push the ball for him, but he could chase after it, so I was on my way down to the stairs, I saw him at the bottom of the stairs, and he was just sitting by his ball, staring up, to me, staring up at me, and I had this thought, again, it's Golden Rule Thursday, I thought, you know, if I were a rabbit, living all alone in a family room, and there was some guy walking down the stairs to go to his workroom to get his toolbox. I'd sure appreciate it if he stopped and pushed my ball for me so I could chase after it. So you know what? Again, it's Golden Rule Thursday, so here's what I did. I stopped and I pushed the ball for Buster. So I got everything fixed in the kitchen, and in the evening time, Kim and I are going to go out to dinner, Texas Roadhouse. So when it came time after dinner to leave the tip, Again, the thought came to me, nice young man server that was serving us. I thought, well, if I were serving people here at Texas Roadhouse, what kind of tip 
would I like to receive? And, the, and that colored how much tip that Kim and I left for him. It was a great exercise, right? Golden rule Thursday. And it really got me thinking, Jesus, Jesus didn't give this rule just so I'd observe it for one day as though it were some kind of game or, or some kind of exercise to do just one time or once in a while. He intended this to be the norm. It applies to all of our personal relationships. You know, I personally, I don't want to always be remembered for my worst mistake. I want people to see past that. So I ought to treat people the way I want to be treated in that regard. I sure wouldn't want juicy gossip to be passed along about me. So in turn, again, I, that should color how I treat other people. The golden rule applies in our daily business dealings too. I mean, would I want to buy the item I'm selling? Would I want to eat the meal I'm cooking right now? Would I want this job that I'm doing to actually be done on my house? Would I want somebody to show grace to me if I ran into a store like one minute before closing time rather than getting huffy about it? I mean, it, it impacts and transforms every one of our actions. And if we truly apply it, it would mean Boy, there'd just be an absence of meanness. There'd be overwhelming generosity. There would be an absence of harshness. There would be an uptick in understanding. There would be a doing away with cruelty. And there'd be, again, an overwhelming uptick in kindness. Man, I'd love to be a person who was a, a golden rule living kind of person all the time. Wouldn't you? That's how Jesus says society begins to change by living according to God's ways and thinking of what others would have done to them, putting ourselves in their shoes and then acting accordingly. Sound impossible to do this on a regular basis? Well, without God's help, it probably is. But Jesus gives us that help when he comes to live inside us. Jesus did this for us. Jesus comes here to earth and I'm sure he, he looked at us fallen human beings, and he thought to himself, you know what? If I were separated from the Father by sin, I'd sure want somebody to provide a perfect sacrifice for me so that that could get fixed. So that's what Jesus did. And on the cross, he was modeling the very thing he taught. Do to others as you'd have them do to you. So if we're going to apply this this week, maybe for starters, maybe just pick a day. Maybe proclaim one of the days this week. It's going to be Golden Rule Monday, or it's going to be Golden Rule Wednesday, or it's going to be Golden Rule Friday. Just pick a day and get started and make a fun exercise out of this. In every interaction, start by thinking, if I were you, how would I want to be treated right now? Because taking the initiative... It's at the heart of the golden rule. I was thinking here as we close, you know, the golden rule is kind of like a, a Swiss army knife or, or kind of like this, this multi-tool that I have right here. I, I'm sure you're familiar with some of these. I mean, these have pliers, screwdrivers, little area to measure stuff, corkscrew. I mean, and these, these things have, have everything. They come in handy in almost any and every situation. The golden rule is kind of like a, a Swiss army knife or kind of like a, a multi-tool, if you will. 
because it, it comes in handy in almost any and every situation. Well, not just almost any and every situation. It comes in handy in every situation. That's what the, the golden rule is. It's a, it's a utility verse that you can use in any situation and know the right thing to do. You don't need volumes and volumes of theological encyclopedias to carry around with you like, what should I do now? What should I do in this situation? What should I do if this happens? No, Jesus says, here it is. I'm going to sum it all up for you in one statement. Do to others what you'd have them do to you. Because this sums up all the teachings of Scripture into one nugget in a kingdom way that kingdom people can be about the business of making sure that up there has come down here and down here looks a lot like up there. Now let's take a moment and pray. Father, we're sure thankful for these words of Jesus here and we're praying this week for your help as our thoughts, our minds, our attitudes, and our, our inclinations, our initiatives move toward doing for others what we would have done for us. We pray that as we engage in a day this week and we proclaim it Golden Rule Tuesday or whatever we're going to do, that we, that we begin to grow in such a fashion that this becomes the norm in our lives where we don't have to just pick a day, but we, we live this way all the time because it's in us and who we are. And we thank you that the Holy Spirit is in us to guide us and help us and to give us the initiative for this to be the case. And we pray in so doing that people will be blessed, that they'll begin to see and experience and know that Jesus is real, just coming from how he lives in us. And we pray this right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We invite you to join us for worship on an upcoming Sunday morning. Check out our website at FCCWarsaw.com for more details and information. Again, that's FCCWarsaw.com.